Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. This is a podcast called Fresh Hop Cinema. Thanks for joining us, everybody. What's happening? Whatever day of the week you're listening to it, uh, we're putting it out on a Thursday, which is later than usual, but I, Max Minardi, have been out of town, so when this happens, we sort of postpone our scheduling. I don't think anybody cares, but if you do, thanks for your patience. That's Johnny Summers. And that's Max Minardi, and uh, you're welcome, because this content's still free. What is this content? This is Fresh Hop Cinema, and it's free unless you're on Patreon. We'll tell you more about that later. You can find all of our information on the interwebs at Fresh Hop Cinema on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Untapped, and Letterboxd. You can also find us on FreshHopCinema.com and Patreon.com. Yes, I'm so behind on the website, dude. Yeah, I don't update Untapped anymore. Don't say these things out loud. Well, you can't yeah. front like we suck at our job. I think maybe I mean, people are gonna be like, "Oh, let me go check it out." How far behind are they? Doesn't matter. Our <laughs> website's still dope. That's true. Yeah, the design is solid. Like, yeah, that can stand on its own, dude. We I go to brewery websites that haven't been updated since like 2005. Yeah, so, neither have their beer styles. Am I right? Am I right? I don't even know what that means. How many How many new beer styles have come out well, in the past 15? Neither years? has their lineup. Zing. Pachow. Yeah, I actually think there's probably a few beer styles that have come out in the past 15 years for sure yeah not like the new a, england ipa is, is a, that big a one. good thing i mean we not gave us milkshake ipas I, I every now and again god we had a bad one do you remember the one that tasted like uh it was like it was almost like fut, uh, fut, fruit puree but it was like really tangy and almost like um like nasty sour puree. oh yeah what was that beer i blocked it out oh, it was a bad one though yeah. you know what i'm talking about yeah i can't well no Hmm, that's hard because I've blocked out the beer, but I remember sure. the experience. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, it sucked. So anyway, yeah, that's yeah. where you can find us and stuff. And Correct. here we go. We talk about movies and beer. Yeah. Uh, we are vast. Uh, in case anybody's wondering, yes, we will cover the Oscars. They are for us in um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, three days. Um, so we'll get our recap of the Oscars next week. If you do want to hear about our thoughts and predictions on the Oscars, definitely check out Patreon. It's on there for people. If you want to give us a dollar a week, uh, it's there. We might release more of that to the public. Not totally positive, but definitely on Patreon so far. Yeah. Just, uh, you have to decide if it's good enough or not. Right. Uh, and one, how much stupid crap I said. Right. That's, or people need to decide if we're good enough. Because uh, that's that's some pretty exclusive primo content, I think. Nah, bro. We're good enough. All right. <laughs> I don't need people's validation. Uh, fair. I do all the time. <laughs> um, so we'll get into that for sure next week. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is we don't have any other, um, Oscar, uh, contenders this week. We're doing a, a 2020 movie. So, uh, listen to our old episodes. If you want to catch up on our thoughts on those, we have quite a few of them covered. I think all of feed. the best picture. Is that right? Pretty I can't sure. remember. It might be. Cause yeah. 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 We've covered all of them. Okay. Good for us. Either like you covered parasite without me yeah, and true. then. The rest of them, at I least think, you have touched on. Yeah, touched for sure. on Little Women. All right. <laughs> Move it on. <laughs> <clears throat> Anyways. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we covered Little Women. Um, All of them. Yeah, I think you're right. I think all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working on catching up on the uh, the uh, foreign films. Mm. So we'll see about that. I'm watching uh, Pain and Glory this week with nice. Antonio Banderas. He is amazing. I'm very excited. I've heard great things about that movie. Yeah, which I, is cool. I rented it on uh, Amazon Video. Nice. So I'm gonna see it. Hell yeah. Uh let's get into beer though, dude. I'm I'm very excited for well, we'll talk about our event this week for our, our Patreon supporters. That was a ton of fun, but this is a beer that you told me was uh selected by you personally for this event. We didn't actually get to drink it because there was so much good beer at this event. And like five cases of white claw. That's a thing. 
it was out of hand. Yeah, it was. But it was uh, amazing. We're surviving still. Shout out to everyone in Patreon that showed up, which was most of the people in the area. It was a hell of a time. Yeah. Thanks, it was a everybody. great party. It was. Yeah. So, this is a beer that I picked up when I was in Roseville at Final Gravity uh, for. What was I picking up? I picked up the fundamental observation that we drank at the party. Don't glaze over that. That's that, oh, yeah. that's that's a thing to brag about. Uh, yes, we're we're cooler than you, obviously. Yeah, F- yeah. Final Gravity is a bottle shop in Roseville. We talked about this before. Mm-hmm. So you picked it up at this bottle shop, which has very cool beers. Yeah, they have super cool rare stuff, and they get a lot of like Bay Area distro and stuff that we don't ever see. And yep. like they have like Holy Mountain from up north, which like we never see. And they have like all kinds of stuff that's just rare. Like they have a ton of Degard. They've yeah. got like just rare stuff. Um, and they had on the shelf. Bottles of Fundamental Observation from Bottle Logic, which is apparently Johnny tells me uh, world class, yeah. hard to get, highly sought after. Was like, I don't want to, I don't want to uh, brag about money here, but it was like thirty five. Yeah, man, for a sixteen, was it seven fifty? Man, it was. Yeah, it was a big bottle. No, no, they're five hundred mils. Yeah, okay, yep. This is really, really good. Yeah, it's probably top three beers of that night. It's fantastic. Which is saying a lot. I told you it was legit. Yeah. yeah. So. Is that Moxa one that was really good too? Yeah, the uh, uh, Joyous Almonds. Yeah, lovely. I have the opportunity to buy a stout from Modern Times that's a similar style with almonds and coconut and chocolate. Mm-hmm. It's $32 for a 22-ounce bottle. That's, I mean, expensive, you know? And I'm torn. I don't know whether I should buy it or not. Uh, I'd go in some of that with you. Hmm. I don't know if I want to split that half. That's a lot for a beer, man. Yeah, for a 22. Yeah, that's a big bottle. Though. I mean, that's still... It is. That's, that's a three-person split, I think. Yeah, unless it's really good. Sure, that's just, all mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I still have a bottle of that banana beer that we that did. That was tasty. Mm-hmm. Isn't that your wife's bottle, technically? Yeah, I got it for her. Yeah, okay. Just, she has it. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when you get a beer membership in Oakland and you have to go there once a month to spend a lot of your extra money on beer, then yeah. you need to grease the wheels of uh, your relationship I'm with going... delicious banana-flavored beers. Fair. I'm going to Oakland tomorrow. Are you? Can I pick stuff up for you or no? Oh, no. Yeah, you right. could, but we don't have anything ordered right now. Oh, okay. So there'd be nothing to pick we'll up. We'll plan this for next time. Yeah. Um, you should go check out some coffee places down there. Yeah. I've got an open day pretty much on Saturday where I'm hanging out with Bailey. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you off after this. I'll send you to write down a couple places for you to go. Deal. Anyways, all that to say, short story long, uh, this stout came from that trip to Final Gravity where I picked up that beer for the party. And uh, yeah, like Max said, this just got kind of not looked over and forgotten about, but there was just so many amazing beers. Everyone's like, I want to open this, want to open this. And this one just kind of, there was like seven or eight beers left on the counter. Just unopened. Just Because we probably had, what do you think, like probably 35-ish, 30, 35 stouts. Um, yeah, varying from <laughs> twelve ounce cans to seven fifties, yeah. it was it was wild. Varying from ten percent to eighteen ish. Did we get an eighteen? Yeah, that so happens. It's Tuesday. Oh, that's right. No, that was, that that was, was a high. Like 16. It was sixteen, like yeah. five or something. So that was probably Jeez. the biggest beer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this one just didn't get drank. But I'm super stoked on it. It's a beer that I'm familiar with, but it's the bourbon barrel aged version. It's called Something New Bourbon Barrel Aged Edition from Altamont, which if you do not know, they're in Livermore. And that's in California, in the Bay Area. Fair enough. Pretty cool spot. This is actually barrel-aged in a whiskey that I enjoy quite a bit. Yeah. Four Roses. In my opinion, one of the best uh, fifths of bourbon you can get, American style, for under 20 bucks. Just the standard yellow label. Uh, Four Roses is really damn it's good. It's a good mixable bourbon, I think. I, I think like, that one's like a... It's fine. Like It's solid. 
not that this is a bourbon show or anything, but when we've gone on tangents in the past, I think it's a bit, um, it's a, whatever we want it to be. Sure. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's not a particularly complex bourbon. Mm. Um, and it works really well for mixers. It's super straightforward, but if you drink it straight, I think it can be a bit, a bit, um, boozy. Yeah. Like in a, in a, in an alcohol present way, like it's very hot. Um, and I think that gets, that masks a lot of the other flavors. What's a better bourbon under 20, uh, 20 bucks or less. What's a fifth? Um, 750 milliliter bottle. Is that like the big jugs? No, that's a one. Just like a standard. That's a one point seven five. Fifth is that the Tito's bottle right there. Oh, okay, that's sure. A fifth. <laughs> that's just in the room. Uh-huh. Like this alcohol or that alcohol? Yeah. Um, what is a better one for under twenty bucks? Twenty bucks or less. What's a better American style bourbon? Ooh, this is it's such a rare thing to find, and it's twenty two, so it's not quite twenty bucks. Okay, but every now and again, High West bourbon will go on sale. Okay. It's really hard to find it, but every now and again, you'll catch a sale, like a Safeway or something. Okay. And their bottles of what I think is a very good bourbon goes on sale for like 22 bucks. All right. Well, what's an everyday low price, as is for Roses for that 1999 area? What would you say that's comparable? I think, bullet, I think better? Bullet's better than that. Bullet is way more expensive than is 20 it? bucks for a fifth. How much is it? It's in like the 27 range, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Bullet's not oh. cheap. Yeah, then I guess maybe, I don't know, man. Um the only thing that comes close, in my opinion, is Buffalo Trace. Mm. And usually that's in like the $25 range, but sure. it's close-ish. Yeah. Uh, and for me, I would say Evan Williams Bottled in Bond. They're 100 proof. It's like the biggest, best-kept secret in like yeah. the bourbon world. Because Evan Williams is good. It's kind of a less sweet uh, Jack Daniels clone, I would oh, say. Okay. Um, so a little bit more complexity without like the overly sickly sweetness yeah. of a Jack Daniels. It's my go-to mixer at the house. I love Evan Williams, and they yeah. do a bottled in bond, hundred proof, and it's usually about fourteen ninety nine, which that, is oh, it's, man. and it's really good. Like, it, what's the bottle made of? What's the glass? Is it? Oh yeah, okay. It's a glass fifth. Just a nice, uh, nice, a nice bar to measure things by. Mm-hmm. Like black velvet. <laughs> First whiskey I ever bought at Costco. Yeah. First whiskey I ever bought. It happened to be at Costco. Okay. Just a big plastic jug mm-hmm. of just rubbing alcohol. Yeah. I don't even know how it's brown. I don't think it's bourbon. I think it's legit, like like kerosene <laughs> with brown food coloring. It's a, uh, it's a, it's like a Canadian style, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. Or is that Canadian? No, Canadian Mist is definitely a Canadian sure. style. Yeah. But um, yeah, black velvet's not good. No, um, I think yeah, I think like the range you're talking about, like the 15 to 22 stuff, like the bargain bourbon, so to speak. Uh, I don't have a ton of experience. Like I've been very lucky in my selection of whiskeys over the past couple of years. I've mm-hmm. had uh, access to a lot of stuff. You too fancy for this conversation. I think so. I get it. Yeah. I get I it. I think so. I get it. I'll hold down the poor people side of this conversation. All that to say, so I'm not as familiar with Four Roses as you are, but I am tasting a lot of bourbon in this. Mm-hmm. Um, for a 9.1% stout, um, I think it balances it pretty well, though my initial taste left me kind of on the the spicy side. Yeah, it does. It has a little spice, a little heat. You liking it? Yeah. It's nice. It's not as sweet as I was anticipating, which I kind of uh, find enjoyable. I don't know, man. I got a weird tang on the end. It, it's it's maybe it's just the the body of it being not thin. Or maybe it's a carbonation. There's not a whole lot there, and it makes it almost drink more syrupy than beery. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm wild about it. Um, what did this cost you for this pint? Six ninety nine. Six ninety nine. Which that is a, sounds right. It's a good yeah. deal. It's a the fair price for this. I'd say. Yeah. I'm gonna read what it says on the can, and we'll see if we agree. How about that? Aged in Four Roses bourbon barrels from Kentucky. Incredibly smooth and aromatic with balanced notes of oat, vanilla, cherry, and bourbon. So uh, maybe it's the cherry it's that's the cherry stuff. messing yeah. you up a little. Pour it cold and let it warm you right up. Now I'm going to pour it room temperature. What an interesting, yeah, why, that's strange. Pour it cold, huh? 
Yeah, I don't know. Interesting advice. A lot of people like to pour their stouts uh, like refrigerator level and then let them open up. Taste kind of well, you taste it at the various levels of warmth and yeah. see how it develops. Yeah, it's kind of fun because you can definitely see it like blossom sure. into like something you know more complete and good. But I like to start at room temperature personally. Sure. We actually had this conversation Saturday about. Uh, with Austin Smith. Oh, sure. We we're talking about uh, he likes to hear his to start cold, whereas oh, okay. I like to keep mine out on the counter. Yeah. And just let them be. But I think uh, I think I'm with him. I think I like the cold approach. Yeah. Yeah, but granted, like when we do it on the show, we're usually moving along pretty quick. So yeah, I don't think when if we're splitting a can like this, we don't really have the time to let it warm up completely. Yeah. So in the context of this, I think starting room temp is right. Yeah, because it has to be in its final form. Yes. It has to be Charizard for us yeah, to, sure. to read it. Interesting. I was gonna go. Uh, uh, no, I wasn't. I can't even think of his name. You know, the turtles, Squirtle, Squirtle. One, but the big one. What's the big? You know, <laughs> it's it's Squirtle, then Bulbasaur, Venusaur. That's what it is. No, Bulbasaur and Squirtle are two different Pokemon, bro. Uh, one's the Earth one, one's like, the Water one. Okay, the, all their names are similar, so maybe it's like Squirtle, Bud, Squirtle, 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 Squirtle. Squirtle. And wasn't there like a, a, I don't know. a tortoise, like War Wardus, War Turtle? <laughs> I think that's actually that can't a thing. Be a thing. Google it. War turtle. Yeah, well, I need. What's the final form of Squirtle? Uh, okay, I'll find out. Yeah, we got to find this out. Uh, okay. But in the meantime, this beer is in its final uh, status that we like to rate them at, and uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm not going to say that it's like life changing or anything, but I mean for <laughs> an everyday beer. Yeah, I hate it that I'm right. It is War Turtle. War Turtle. Oh, Blastoise. Oh, Blastoise. That's so. War Turtle's the next one, right? Yep. Oh God, that's funny. So it's Squirtle, War Turtle. <laughs> you can't so say that without sounding like a speech impediment. No, you can't. War Turtle. War War Turtle. War Turtle. Why not? Why not make the O a U? Why not make it War Turtle? That seems War Turtle. War Turtle. War Turtle. They made War Turtle. War Turtle. Uh, I didn't love. It's how War did Tordy. you name it? How's the name Squirtle, man? Uh, I don't love rough. that either. Squirtle, man. Squirtle. Uh, and then Blastoise, Blastoise, yeah, is its final form. So yeah, we need it in the Blastoise. Yes, that's what these stouts have to be, which is what this is. Though, uh, if I have to make an analogy comparing the quality of a Blastoise to being an amazing stout and a Squirtle being sort of an underwhelming one, I think this is a War Turtle. For me, it's a War Turtle. It's fine. It's good. You it's, know, it's middle of the road. How does it stack up to the non-barrel aged one? Ah, I probably I think I'd say I might like the other one a little bit sure. better. Yeah, I think we, we were talking about this right before we started the the alcohol difference between the two. This is 0.1% higher than their non-barrel aged. And I is don't that all? I think that's what I saw on their what? website. Yeah, I think it's 9% for the standard. Um so it did nothing for the alcohol. Yeah, I think they were going for flavor maybe, but but the flavors that I'm getting from the bourbon do not work as well without the heat from like the from the actual alcohol. Yeah, like I get sp like some spiciness and some heat, like I was saying, but it's not it's not um, in any like mouthfeel kind of way. It's just flavor. So this beer is like drinking diet whiskey, kind of. Yeah, it feels like there's um, like whiskey flavor just kind of dripped in mm -hmm. rather than actual whiskey body and presence makes sense like it's like a watered down representation Kinda, or yeah. it didn't do as much for the beer as it could have yeah for sure fair enough and it seems like that's by design but i'm, I'm not super familiar with altamont's um stout line i don't know how good they're at stouts yeah i know that they're much better at or not much better but they're sure. more known for their their hoppy offerings yeah, definitely i know the the mocha something is really good okay i like that beer quite right, a bit right. it has nice coffee chocolatey notes to it that really accent this well but I don't think that this bourbon does as much for this beer as they wanted it to. Yeah, it's not doing enough for me. I'll nah. tell you that. Nah. So something new, the bourbon barrel age variant from Altamont. Uh, out of 10, Johnny Summers. 
Uh, it's gonna be like a like a six two. Mm-hmm. It's it's fine. It's mm-hmm. good. It's better than a terrible stout. Oh yeah, you know. But it's it's slightly above average. It's one point two points above middle of the road for me. All right. So it's a. Uh, I don't even know if it's above a six point two for me. Um, it's above a six. This is fun. It's for me. It's about a a six point one five. 6.15. You can't add tenths. What are you talking about? This you're always telling me to be more creative. There you go. I appreciate that. Uh, 6.15. 6.15. You know, but if don't round up because it's not a 6.2. Mm. Okay. Yep. It's good. It, it is good, but it's not great. I it's, wouldn't, I wouldn't, and this is such a weird barometer, but if we, ha- if we had more in the can, usually one of us reaches for it to pour it and mm-hmm. we'll both pick you, do you want some? And then one of us shakes our head, yes or no. This is, yeah. I, I wouldn't reach for this again. I'd be like, I'm just going to wait until Johnny pours that out. For himself. Uh, yeah, I think this is one of those ones where I'm happy we tried it because I mm-hmm. like most things Altamont does, but I, I won't be buying it again. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine. Uh but that said, the pros of this, uh, I don't mean in the writing sense, I don't I mean P-R-O-S-E. Say, is there poetry involved? Uh, the uh the, the pro side of things is that if you are somebody that really um likes the flavor of like an adjunct, a whiskey, I would call it like a whiskey adjunct is what mm-hmm. it feels like. Um, and you don't necessarily want a huge alcohol sensation or even effect as you drink it, this mm-hmm. might be a good way to go. Yeah. And we're still talking about a nine percent beer, so yeah, that's you're still gonna get it. Now that's another question. Does it this does blah, words are hard, bro? Yeah. Does this taste or feel to you in your mouth like a nine percent beer? No. No, what? I would I would call it I mean it feels thin, dude. I'd call it like seven, I was maybe say like six five, yeah, six. Like six. Yeah. Um, and that bothers me. Like I, I want again with the flavors happening, dude. It's so thin. I want, yeah. I want some thickness. I want some viscosity. I want some syrup qualities. I just had the mental image of that uh, Black heard... Keys record cover, the freaky thickness. Oh, I don't think I've like seen it. Like three fingers into a full can of pomade. Yeah, it's the, sure. one of the greatest album sure. covers of all time. Uh, but yeah, I want some of that freaky thickness. Yeah, dude. Um, and it doesn't have it, and that's fine, I guess. Nah, but not fine for me. No. Yeah. All right, moving right along. There we have it. Okay, Johnny Summers, give me a quick rundown. I know you've seen a lot of movies this week. Nothing particularly new, uh, so to speak, but yeah, something that you stuck out and was fun to you? Yes, I will say that I was super hungover Saturday after our event, yes. which went till the wee hours oh. of the morning, yeah. which uh, as a 32-year-old man never happens uh, anymore. Yeah, fair. The only time I see 3.30 is if I wake up before my alarm. God, what a life. You know what I mean? So like yeah. for that to happen was astounding. And the next day uh, I woke up and was like, man, I feel great. Yeah, like, I'm sure you did. Like I'm good. <laughs> like I feel like a million bucks. Like not, can't believe it. Last night didn't even happen. And uh, uh. started making breakfast burritos. Oh, no. Did you actually f- wake up like that? Oh, yeah. Oh No, wow. like legitimately. I was like, I feel great. I just thought you were committed to sarcasm. You no, didn't no, even no. give me eyes. You were legitimately, just like, no, I felt great. Legitimately felt amazing. Sure. Woke up. Started making breakfast burritos, had potatoes in the pan, browning. Uh, I go to crack the eggs, and I missed the bowl mm-hmm. that I was cracking them on the edge. Right. And I was like, what happened? Yeah. Is that bowl, like, did it move? What's going on here? No, I was still hammered. Oh, you were? I was so drunk when I woke what up. What time was that? Uh, it was like 8, 8 a.m. Yeah, that checks out. So, yeah, I went to crack an egg, and my depth perception was so wow. off. I missed the bowl, and I was like... Oh, that's why I feel so good. Like yeah. I'm still real drunk. Did you stay awake for the sort of uh, 
the what is the the wearing off of it? Oh, we'll get to that. Oh, so yeah, I uh, I crank out two breakfast burritos, take them to Shalina, who's in bed still, not feeling great. Just slide them to her with a bottle of hot sauce, like just, just uh, don't hit me. Mm-hmm. And then you know, wolf mine down. Went to bed. Have a you know sparkling water sitting on the couch watching cartoons. I was oh. watching the Clone Wars. Yeah, and it was about an hour later. Like I get you were awake the whole time. Oh yeah, no, I get this nagging like pain in the back of my neck that Mm -hmm. creeps into the back of my head and becomes the stabbing, the stabbing throb. And here it is. Here's my my punishment. Mm -hmm. This is my what's that word? Perdition. Uh, I've heard that word. Actually, I don't know know what perdition means. I don't say that that often on this show. I don't. I think like an act of perdition is like what you do to atone for sins. It's like a Catholic thing. Um, and I was like, this is my comeuppance. It's a perdition is a state of eternal punishment and damnation. So that's the perfect word for hangover into which a sinful and unpenitent person passes after death. It's hell. It's hell. Oh my God. Road to perdition is that movie with Tom Hanks. That's the one. Uh, so this was a perdition level hangover that I felt come into my body and it sucked. Yeah. Fair enough. So that segued directly into laying on the couch pigs. not yeah, yeah. Flick pigs. Yeah, yeah laying on the couch not moving and taking full advantage of our disney plus membership yeah and i'm sure everyone that you even know has ranted about how awesome disney plus is so i'm not gonna take that too much further because i'm okay. late to the party sure but i did watch a bunch of classics i watched the sword in the stone rescuers down under I watched uh, Big Hero Six, which I really liked. That was a super creative movie. Yeah, it's a really it's a good one. Like super big points for originality on that one. Like it was very heartfelt, well written. Mm-hmm. I liked all the characters. I hear there's a sequel coming out, so I'm like super oh, stoked to see neat. that. Yeah, uh, and then watch like the newest Lady and the Tramp remake, uh, live action from mm-hmm. 2019, mm-hmm. which didn't suck, wasn't great. Yeah, live action feels like the wrong word. Well, it was. There it, was like it, actual people in most of it. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. No, it was like a real movie with like. It's like when people call Lion King live action. The no, name this like, that's not really like there was action. human actors in it that okay. the dogs were interacting cool. with. So it was cool. They weren't real dogs, were they? I think they were, because uh, like huh. I think they might have like CGI their lips. Yeah. In God, some of the parts, such a weird thing. Yeah, like but, the spaghetti part. You should see like human yeah. lips take over the dog's face. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I enjoyed it. The dogs yeah. were really cute. Yeah. Uh, there was some wonky parts to it, but it was fun. Uh, so yeah, just kind of went on a, a Disney journey and f- remembered, I mean, how much I love the sword in the stone. Yeah. I got to revisit that it's one. It's so good. Yes. That's not the one where there's a purple two headed dragon. Ooh, they, there's a is wizard there? duel where no. people turn into dragons, but the purple two headed dragon is in. Ooh. It's a specific kind of, um, fairy tale like movie. I think that was Cinderella. Nope. Nope. Didn't Maleficent nope. turn into a two headed? I've never seen that. Mm. No, no, no. It's a purple. They're goofy. They're good. So Quest for Camelot. That's what it's called. Don't know how I thought of that. Okay. Oh, you got to see Quest for Camelot. Was that a live action movie? No, no, no. It was animated. And okay. if you haven't seen it as a kid, you're not going to even like it. So don't bother. But if, if anybody else like. has seen Quest for Camelot, I remember it being really good. And I remember the bad guy being really scary. And the good guys being really good. Nice. So I was born to be a movie critic. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Six years old. I'm like, this movie has depth. Yeah. You're like, I like this guy's performance. Yeah. Can I have a it juice might, box? It might be Disney correlated. It might be on there. I'm going to check it out. We should look into that. I have the app on my phone. I'll check on the break. Sounds good. Speaking of that. Yeah, we should get there. Anyway, those are my flick picks. Just Fair. Disney Plus, all the classics from childhood, like Rescuers Down Under. Yeah. It's an hour and 15 minutes yeah. of amazing animation. And mm-hmm. it's Joanna hearkening back to a time when every single frame was hand drawn and it shows. 
And like, if you pay attention, you can really appreciate the level of dedication that that mm-hmm. took. So it's really cool going back and watching those hand-drawn movies and just seeing the nuance and the, the you can tell it's a drawing that's moving and it's, it's a neat experience. So revisit some of those old classic childhood favorites. Fair enough. When we come back from the break, we're going to start talking about Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. We're not going to spoil it till the end of the show in a segment called The Danger Zone. So if you haven't seen it just yet, it just came out. Uh, don't worry, we're not going to spoil it, but we will have a very fun conversation because uh, up to this point in my life, my only notion of Guy Ritchie is Robin Hood, uh, Prince of Thieves, or whatever the F it was uh, called. The one with Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, no. Oh, he was in that, huh? He was... Wait, is it King Arthur or Robin Hood? King Arthur. He did. Who did Robin Hood? Somebody else with Russell Crowe. It wasn't him. Oh. It doesn't matter. That helps, because I was like, Robin Hood is so bad. No, it was terrible, but that but was so not was, him. So was King Arthur. It's true. So... <laughs> Uh, this is miles better. You've never seen Snatch? Nope. Okay. It's a blind spot for me. All right. Well, let's take a break. And we'll get into this sucker. Be right back. Yo, the handlebar located right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street is a fantastic local restaurant and craft beer bar with a stunning happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. Wherein you get a dollar off any of their draft beers. And these aren't your granddaddy's beers. These are top of the line, delicious craft beers. And you listener, again, Get a dollar off all of them, seven days a week, four hours a day from two to six. It's a stupid idea not to take advantage of that, so I highly recommend you do. Again, that's the handlebar right here in Chico, 2070 East 20th Street. I want you to play a game with me, Ray. I don't want to play a game. Oh, please. No. I said play a game with me, Ray, man. Right. Lovely. I want you to imagine a character. Your boss, Mickey Pearson. You're too smart to be blackmailing us, Fletcher. <laughs> Sweet Mary Jane is my vice. Your poison, on the other hand, is and always has been the destroyer of worlds. You're out of touch, and I would like you to consider an offer. I am not for sale. The plot begins to thicken. Now, I can't be specific about the heroes and zeros, but our protagonist is a hungry animal. (laughs) There is a lot of money hanging in the balance. Our antagonist explodes on the scene like a millennial firework and has indirectly started a war. I think you need to see this, boss. What's the one of my firearms? How do they find it? I'm making inquiries. His name is Fahok. We're spelled with a PH, so it sounds like Fahok. Please! Harry Fahok, Kanda Fahok. Please! And if you smell smoke, it's because there's a fire. So you're going to have to stamp that out quickly. These people are going to clean house, and you are part of that house. In the jungle, the only way a lion survived. Not by acting like a king. By being the king. Oh. Brilliant! I've been waiting so long to be where I'm going. Oh, it's really warming up now, isn't it? There's only one rule in this jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. associates had an accident so you killed someone no it was the gravity that killed him we need those phones 
That was the trailer for the uh, exciting, quick, violent, uh, wordy, especially with regards to uh, the C word and the uh, fahuck word. Uh, but it's a movie called The oh, Gentleman. Don't sound so fragile. Fahuck. I'm not saying uh, fragile. I'm sounding uh, British. You just said the C word. Oh, well, sure. I don't, you know, so I'll leave it to others. Uh, Guy Ritchie directed it. Uh, Johnny will talk more about Guy Ritchie in a little bit, but this film stars, get ready, Matthew McConaughey, Colin Farrell, Charlie Hunnam, Michelle Dockery, Henry Golding, Hugh Grant, and others, which we'll probably get to. But it is a crime caper film in uh, not America, probably somewhere in uh, England. Yeah. I, actually, at it's, some point, they might actually talk about it. It's set all over. Yeah, it's in, true. It moves in around. England. Uh, but Matthew McConaughey plays a Mickey. Yeah, he plays Mickey, who is um, a, an entrepreneurial sort of type. He's who, a crime boss. He's a crime. He's a drug boss, really. He's a drug kingpin. And he's looking to get out of the game. And when uh, his associate, played by Charlie Hunnam, is approached by a private investigator, played by Hugh, Hugh Grant, Grant. Uh, who threatens to blackmail them for some juicy, juicy information, the story begins and goes in a thousand different directions in what I understand but do not know from firsthand information to be true Guy Ritchie form. Um, the story gets moving and it moves in a way that I think will lose some people. Um, but others might find it as I did unexpectedly. Please do that. Exciting. Uh, though at first a little, well, we'll get into it in a minute, I guess, but, um, give me your take, bro. Let it rip. Well, you talk for a minute about what you thought and and what you expected. No, I'm not just saying this for fun. I have to look at more information to keep this (laughs) damn show moving. So you listen to me. son. all the information we need is in your brain. It's not because I want to know how this is doing in the box office. Mm. So please tell me what you thought. Actually, what did you expect? <clears throat> so uh, what I expected, let's say what I hoped for. Uh, you used a turn of phrase that I felt compelled in my heart to repeat, which is a return to form. Everybody's been saying it. Uh, I've, I, I saw that this movie was coming out. And the last thing that Guy Ritchie directed was Aladdin. So... To say a return to form is not an understatement. He is getting back to his roots of the gritty, fast-paced, ultra-violent, ultra-sarcastic, witty, British gangster movie. Sure. Uh, or European gangster movie, let's say. And that is a, a sandbox that he plays in so well, he built the walls that hold the sand into that box. That's a nice like, analogy. He's an amazing director. Did you just think that off the yeah, cuff? Yeah, correct. That's and really it really bums me out some of the crap that he's put out <laughs> because King Arthur sucked so hard. <laughs> it wasn't great. And what I've seen from him does not match the potential from a movie like Snatch, which was pretty near perfect, and a movie like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Like These are genre defining films like he changed a whole genre he set the standard he's the guy this is his style this is what he does he does it well and he's gone so far outside of that this is returning to what he started out doing and this movie's like kind of a big middle finger like hey remember what i used to do and like yeah i've been doing some other stuff and getting paid directing aladdin for whatever reason sure um yeah, for to get yeah, paid gonna, directing Aladdin, probably. Exactly, to yeah. get that Disney money, bro. But this movie is like him getting back to his roots and having the star power and like the money, probably, to get those people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and it showed, man. He absolutely knocked this one out of the park. It is a 100% return to form. I 
adored this movie. Like I wanted to see it again the next day. Sure. Like we started talking about it the next day and I was like, I, I would watch it again right now. Yeah. Well, it runs an hour and 53 minutes, so it's not exactly the shortest movie. But it's not overly long. I think it's very digestible. Um, if you haven't had a chance to catch it, it, come, it came out January 24th. So it's been out for a couple of weeks. It's rated R in case that wasn't clear. Um, it's been in about 2,600 theaters so far and it has made uh, about 50 million, which is pretty decent. Yep. Um, Every I, one of the characters in this movie I found so endearing, yeah. like in their own way. Sure. Like I was by the end of the movie, I was super like into Colin Farrell's character and he was like a minor supporting character, but like I'm fully yeah. invested in this guy's story right sure. now, you know, and then Charlie Hunnam was great and yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it. I think that this is a movie that is definitely style over substance. I don't think in terms of um, storyline or plot stuff, it brings too much new thing, new things to the table, too many new things. Um, but um it, it does what it's doing in a way that is entertaining basically from start to finish. There's a couple of twists and there's a fun soundtrack and the action scenes are good. And um, there are moments of banter that I think are better than others. Um, and some of it does feel sort of um, like, yeah, like a little bit done kind of. Um, but some of it is really funny and like laugh out loud very quick. Well, it's done because he has a style and that style has been emulated. Sure. There's yep. two people in Hollywood that write dialogue better than everyone else. It's Guy Ritchie and it's Quentin Tarantino. And it's Aaron Sorkin. I really love Aaron Sorkin. And dialogue. Aaron Sorkin. There's really probably more too. that we're not. But, but those, those, are, those three. Those are big ones. Sure. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin's amazing too. Yeah. So. But different. I, I think I think you're probably on par with like Guy Ritchie and Quentin Tarantino. What yeah. are you saying? Mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> uh, do sort of the, yeah, like the quick... Um, certainly self-aware that they are being witty mm-hmm. dialogue. Super snappy. Sorkin does that too. Um, and, and they, at least with Richie and Tarantino, they're both in movies that are of a similar vibe. I pointed out there's one shot in this movie where they're looking down into a trunk. And Very the Pulp Fiction. Yeah, uh, is it Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs? I think it's Reservoir Dogs. There was it's Reservoir like Dogs. that in Pulp Fiction too. Was there? Yep. He likes that shot. Yep. It's a great shot. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's not a crazy comparison to make between those two directors, no. nor does Guy Ritchie, is he unaware of it? He knows. Mm-hmm. So he, I think it's a little nice homage bit there. Yeah. Well, um, and I think when you say it's been done, like, yeah, it's been done by him because that's like yeah. his signature style. Sure. I, I think, yeah, I think I'm, I'm, I'm constantly on edge for people that try to write witty dialogue and it doesn't come off witty mm. and it just seems almost masturbatory in a way. It's just like, look how smart I am. But it's yeah. like, and and I think to some extent we are asked to kind of from the get really buy into the idea that like Charlie Hunnam's character is like suave and cool and collected. And fortunately Charlie Hunnam gives off that vibe really well. And he's wearing glasses. Does he not usually? No. In like Vikings or something. He doesn't wear glasses. I would in just Vikings. love it if they would. If he just says, because he is in Vikings. No, he's not. Are you sure? I'm one thousand. Is there a guy sure. that looks just like him? Very similar. Okay. The, the guy that played Ragnar Lothbrok in yeah, sure. um, Vikings <laughs> okay. looked a lot like Charlie. Okay, Hunter. but no, you will know him from Sons of Anarchy. What will I know him from? Well, from King Arthur. And for King one. Arthur, yeah, he's that's pretty much it. He's been in some stuff, but he's yeah, he's a very charismatic dude. Yeah, but yeah. Like you said, you had to kind of buy into his wittiness and yeah. whatever. But I mean, the British have a very different sense of humor too. It's a lot more dry and and witty. So, sure. I don't know. What do you um, think about Matthew McConaughey in this movie? I liked him. I, I'm right? I'm struggling to remember a time where Matthew McConaughey didn't play like drug people in movies. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like he just did. Um, what was it called? The Beach Bum. Which yeah. I don't know if you saw. We talked about it on the yeah. show a few months back. But just like he's he's really leaning into sort of the 
the goofy McConaughey thing, except there's points in this movie where he gets to kind of flip the switch and be sort of the, you heard it in the trailer when he talks, quotes the lion a lot. Um, but he flips sort of like the cool, easygoing guy and is like an assertive, like you're like, yeah. I kind of believe that this guy would be behind the sort of mastermind that we, we operation that we sort of learn about. Totally. I think that's good. Henry Golding. Let's talk about him for a minute. He plays mm-hmm. Dry Eye, which, well, all right, fine. Uh, don't love that name. Um, but he was in Crazy Rich Asians. He's probably most known from that. He is maybe the only one that didn't super work for me in this. Yeah, I could see that. Um, like it. I, we can't say too much without spoiling the plot, but maybe we'll talk about it in the danger zone. I think that he ends up being more of a sort of a, a transitional type character um, and more, more a conduit for what happens around him. And and I think he's just not fully fleshed out. Hugh Grant, on the other hand, who kind of narrates this whole movie is lovely mm-hmm. in this. He's like so goofy and like weirdly kind of dangerous, but so aloof that you're never quite scared until you have to be. Mm-hmm. I think he, he, and he has a lot of, I think he probably has the most dialogue in the movie. Yeah. He's, he, well, he's narrating it. Right. So, and he's got, he's narrating and he has his own kind of scenes where mm-hmm. he's, it's the format. Let's talk about the format of the movie. Yeah. Um, basically Hugh Grant approaches Charlie Hunnam's character and starts telling him about this plan and what he knows and how he's going to kind of reveal it to everybody. And from then on, we get sort of voiceover with flashbacks via Hugh Grant's character. Mm-hmm. How'd it go for you? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think it worked. I think that, that it was cohesive and it told the story in a visually pleasing way. Mm. And also it was very easy to follow. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's the key here because it is sort of a convoluted plot. There's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of characters that get introduced mm-hmm. um, very unclearly at first. It's like, well, who exactly is Colin Farrell and who are these youths? So there's interesting things that happen at the beginning of this movie that add what you'll find to be an element of mystery. Sure. Like there's just, it's it's shot from a very specific way of like anonymity and like yeah. all these characters coming in and out that are uh, vague and like you have to figure out how important they are. And if you're like in this universe, that's how it would be. Like yeah. you don't know anyone at face value, what they're going to do, what they pose to you as far as a threat, an mm-hmm. opportunity, an ally, an enemy. So I liked that because it was like the whole movie kind of kept you on your toes. Yeah. I, it's hard for me not to draw this comparison just given how recently I attempted it. But in the you, realm- You tried to start a drug no. drug ring? <laughs> in the realm of of sort of gangster legacy-like movies. Like the, <laughs> You're going to bring right? up the Irish. You have to, I think. Um, you do? You, I do. Okay. Um, Why? You didn't watch all of it. I watched half of it, which equates to this entire movie. I watched two hours of the Irishman. <laughs> Um, but what I wanted to say is that I felt more engaged in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that visually, dialogue, even even the actors in this, I enjoy watching more. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were somebody that found the Irishman, as I did, to be a bit tedious and uninteresting, I think maybe don't rule out gangster. Because it's basically what it says. Like, I just don't care about gangster movies and mm-hmm. all that. And I think I do. Because yeah. this was very engaging. Scorsese movies kind of have that tempo. Totally. I mean, if you think back at The Godfather, how fucking long was it? Real long. It was Whoa. like three plus. Yeah. Think about Goodfellas. It was also real long. Taxi Driver. But The Godfather long. wasn't Scorsese. Are you sure? What? Mm-hmm. Not The Godfather. We what can am- cut that out too if you want. No. What did he do? Like the, It was Goodfellas. Yeah, he definitely did Goodfellas. He didn't do The Godfather? Nah, that was Coppola. You're right. Um, but I was thinking of Goodfellas. Sure. But anyway, all his movies are long. Mm-hmm. And somewhat tedious. Raging Bull was long and like tedious. Yeah, I so haven't like, seen a ton of Scorsese movies. Yeah, like I think. Well, you've because yeah, you've seen more than I have, and I think you've seen all the ones that I have. 
Um, like I didn't love Wolf of Wall Street either, though that was a, a different type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, but I love Shutter Island. And I, I like Shutter Island. Yeah, I know. But I like The Departed quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But it's more fast paced and more sort of um, twist driven than something like Goodfellas or The Irishman. Sure. Um, and this, The Gentleman, combines the fun, fast paced action that I love with kind of the gangster plot line, which mm-hmm. is fun in this movie. Well, it's a directorial style. And sure. like it's, if you look back through his whole back catalog, you'll see more of this style pop up. That's why mm. it is such a return mm-hmm. to form. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if you like this movie, you like Guy Ritchie movies. Right. You know, except for the ones, except that, for the ones that you don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's such an interesting thing. Yeah. Like I love seeing directors having to toe the line between um, sort of their passion projects, their creativity, and then like your Aladdin's. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a, any number of other directors having to do sort of the, the uh, David Lowry is a great one um, who did uh, a ghost story, mm. but also did uh, Pete's dragon. Oh, <laughs> like just two drastically different yeah. films. Like what? And one is clearly like an art house kind of passion project. And one is just like, I need to make money also. Mm-hmm. That's why I played wagon wheel four times this week. There you know, you go. rock me mama. God. Uh, okay. Other thoughts on the gentleman. Uh, Hmm. Uh, I want you to see it, and I think this will probably be one of my favorite movies of the year. Oh, that's so interesting. Because uh, I specifically said in those words to somebody, they asked me how it was, and I was like, I really liked it. It's not going to make my top ten, oh. probably by any stretch. Yeah, it's not a movie that's going to stick with me in any um, like with any humanity or emotional moralistic lessons, which I really enjoy in movies. I really like something that can kind of be blanketed to project onto life. And this is a purely, really well-done popcorn movie to me. Um, I don't think there's much character development, per se, to be had with these characters. I think pretty much because of um, the wide array of characters we get, they're basically like, here's here's your thing. Now be that thing. And then we get that. I would disagree. Because so? you have these characters, and maybe development uh, by its definition, we look at that differently. But like... For me, like Matthew McConaughey, for example, maybe not development, but you see so many facets to oh, his sure. character. Yeah, they're, they're certainly more. And in my opinion, that's development because he is a different thing throughout this movie, even in glimpses from what he started as. Okay. So development, sure, they didn't like grow old and have a child and that changed his perspective on life, but like you got to see all the different facets of this character's you know, persona, personality, et cetera. Yeah. So in my opinion, and in Guy Ritchie movies and similar movies, like you have this character and you see him from different angles and then you get, that's like, that's how they develop. Yeah. I guess I would say there's a difference between um, character development and character dimensionality. Cause you can have one dimensional characters and I don't think these characters are for the most part. A couple sure. of them are. Um, but I, I still think that the, the one character that really has to go through any type of um, journey in a sense, is Matthew McConaughey like going from uh, I want to retire to basically making the choice by the end if mm-hmm. he does or not, and any all the stuff along the way. But everybody else is pretty much set in their situations. You know what I mean? So I still think they're dimensional, but maybe don't progress because it. I mean, the story basically takes place over the course of a couple days. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a movie that demands that. And I think that if anything, the lack of necessity for character development opens up a huge space for creative expression. Mm on Guy Ritchie's part. And to some extent on the part of the actors, like they get to really explore this one, like Hugh Grant's a perfect example. Most of the stuff we see of him is in that room, explaining this to Charlie Hunnam. So instead of having to focus on how he's going to get from emotion A to emotion B, he gets to just dive into this one feeling Mm. and like really just go for it. I think it's a strength. I don't think this movie requires character development necessarily 
except maybe with McConaughey's character. Mm-hmm. I think Colin Farrell was like low key one of the oh. best characters in this movie, and he had tons of you're right of different dimensions. Yes, yeah, and I do think he was he was nice, man. I think, right? We just you just watched the Lobster. Yeah, he's such a memorable character mm. in this movie. Yeah, those like, stupid outfits. Oh man. my god, <laughs> I loved them. I it's uh, speaking of development, uh, my own character development. But at first, I saw his stupid little street gang, and they're. They're two-piece plaid tracksuits. I'm like, what a stupid outfit. And by the end, they're all together. I'm like, this is kind of cool. Like, like Maybe I should dope. get one of these. They're kind of dope. Yeah. Um, I watched an interview with um, Matthew McConaughey speaking to Guy Ritchie's sensibilities about fashion. Um, and it was it's just such a strong point for him. Because there is sort of a through line, regardless of characters and where they come from. Like, you have people uh, from, well, like Colin Farrell is Irish. Um, but even character-wise, like you have somebody from America, you have people in, in Europe, and you have Chinese people. And they all sort of have similar fashion, mm-hmm. <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. But in this movie, it's like, yeah, they're all part of this microcosm of like this weird gangster world. Mm-hmm. And by the end, you kind of understand sort of the aesthetics. So I think I think like just production design on this movie alone is very cool. Oh, yeah. And dude, Matthew McConaughey's suits. They're so good. The first one's like a burgundy, like almost oh, almost oh. like reddish brown, sort of like yeah, like a ruddy, yeah, ruddy red. Yeah, the 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 costume design of this and the production design are top notch, mm-hmm. and they really I think suck you in to let you know like this is something different mm-hmm. compared to what you, your preconceptions might be about whenever you think this yeah. is happening wherever it is. Also, one of the best uses of a Wu Tang song in a movie. Yeah, I was getting uh, the mood changed because I was going to bring it up. We should yeah bring it up yeah well, this is good. Well, uh, we'll save that for the danger zone. Okay, yeah, we should talk about soundtrack. Maybe we'll play some a little bit later on. But Shimmy, shimmy, yeah. Shimmy, shimmy, yeah. Uh, let's rate this. Yes. Um, Johnny Summers, out of 10, sounds like it's going to be pretty high for you. It's a 9.4. It's very high for it's you. very wow, high. Wow, 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 wow. You know why it's not a 10? I'm not sure. I cannot wait to watch this movie with subtitles. It oh, was, do you feel like you missed a lot? It was hard to understand what they mm. were saying in some places, and I feel like I'll get even more out of it with subtitles. What was your funniest moment in this movie? That's hard to pick. Um, okay. Funniest guy. I mean, maybe like the funniest line of dialogue or just one that sticks out to you. For some reason, I have one that I'm, I just busted up laughing. Which was it? it there's, a, there's a scene where um, Charlie Hunnam and a couple of muscle dudes go and uh, have to bring a girl back to her parents. Mm-hmm. And there's like four or five youths in the room. And he, Charlie Hunnam is saying something like, yeah, I know everybody's names. I know like well, your parents' names when we're in school. And he says something innocuous like except this particular anomaly and it like cuts to this kid who looks so strange that the word anomaly was just such a funny choice to me like <laughs> i laughed out loud in in my theater i probably had like um like six or seven people oh nice and i was the like i laughed so loud that people looked at me <laughs> and i was like oh shoot <laughs> but it, like the word anomaly in the context of this weird looking humans just like sitting there staring off into space was so funny um and there's a couple of moments like that throughout the movie where it's just like that you hit it that's mm-hmm. on point yeah yeah and his delivery of it was just like all right charlie hunnam's really good yeah and i really bought him as this character there's a movie i talked about a while back and it was i looked up his um movie history just to make sure it was him because apparently i confuse him with a lot of people um but it was called i'll double check it was called triple frontier oh yeah on netflix with ben affleck and a bunch of other people a bunch of other people bunch i'm of other sure people. we covered it on here we mentioned it it was a flick pick one week yeah and oscar isaac and garrett headland who looked exactly like charlie Hunnam, uh, pedro pascal and it's one of the worst movies i've seen oh it's awful and like i don't understand how you can have even ben affleck 
like good. And Pedro Pascal's good. I don't know about Garrett Hedlund. He's a singer. Yeah. Oscar Isaac's fantastic. I mean, like we're talking about how, the Mandalorian here. Yeah. How do these people like sign up for this garbage movie? Yeah, Netflix money. It's so bad. Well, Netflix is like ten billion dollars in debt right now. I don't so. even know, man. Uh, anyways, anyway, Charlie Hunnam is good, yes. especially in this, but sometimes bad. But it's, I think it's because of the projects, not him. Yeah, it's a nine point four for me because, like, throughout my days, like the two days since I've seen this movie, I've been thinking about it a lot, and it's like, for sure, Matthew McConaughey is my favorite character in this movie. Oh, really? And then, oh, for sure, Charlie Hunnam is my favorite character in this movie. Oh, right. Um, oh, obviously, Colin Farrell is the best character in this right. movie, and it's like. The fact that you can have that internal dialogue with yourself about like probably four or five people in this movie, sure. it's like that's cool. Yeah, like you don't get that often. Yeah, and I go back and forth, and I was like, you know what? I guess I just love them all. Like they're just yeah. great. Yeah, I, I, I think I keep coming back to Colin Farrell. There's He's a so scene good. In, a, in like a is like a what food is that that they're trying to order? Uh, it's even... like a fish and chips joint. Sure. Yeah, this yeah. is the first scene we see him in. Yeah, right. It's and it's oh god, I love a good character introduction because he's like sitting there and these freaking youths who we've been following come in and they're like get out of the way old man like and he's like with his stupid accent that's amazing mm-hmm. and his stupid outfit um just like schools them verbally and like gives them a chance to like insult him back he's like all right make it woody make it fun and the kid goes like fuck you he's like try it again come on and then they fight him and he just whoops them yeah and he has a line in that scene where it's like i forget i'm gonna paraphrase but it's something like get up come on try harder you're too slow and life's too fast or something yeah, like that. And I was yeah. like, ooh, it's poignant. It's like, okay, okay. It's like stitch that shit on a pillow. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's great. I think he's one of my favorites. Hugh Grant also, like I said, does a great job. Low key, like really good. Yeah. The one thing I was saying to you before we started is like, this isn't the most diverse movie movie in a couple of ways. Uh, one, I think there's like one female character, uh, Matthew McConaughey's wife, that re- like even has any lines. Um, and she crushes it. Um, but there's like they they make a point to make Hugh Grant gay, and he's like, flirty. He was fully he's gay. He's absolutely yeah. gay. I promise you, a hundred percent. He is definitely. What if he just like make, making uncomfortable jokes? That's not it. But that is part of my problem. Like he's kind of he's like, so creepy. And those weird. are all jokes that I would make. But you're not gay, and well, you're not the only. I'm gay not person. sure he's gay. And he's definitely gay. Why? He just absolutely is. I don't know how it's not clear to you. He's definitely gay. Why? He's coming on to Charlie Hunnam all the time. Maybe he's just joking. What's the joke? That it's funny to come on to him. Why? I don't know. Maybe he thinks it's funny. He's I trying to, maybe he's trying to make Charlie Hunnam uncomfortable. Why would that? I don't think so. All right. Uh, he's clearly gay to me, but he's very like, um, just like almost like rapey at one point. He's like, what if I followed you into your bed? And it just rubbed me the wrong way. He's a tabloid sleaze rag reporter. Like you're he's gonna not, be, he's a private investigator well, that works for a tabloid who he's currently employed by during this movie. I think there's a difference. Cause, cause the tab, which we haven't even talked about, but the tabloid guy is clearly a skeezy dude. Like yeah. he's made to look like he's got like the biggest ego and the shortest mm-hmm. fuse. He's sleazy. Sure. Um, but Hugh Grant's been hired by him and he's just looking to get what's best for him. Yeah. Which is in itself a fact that leads to him being sleazy. Like his whole character is sleazy. Like private investigators that hide in the bushes and take pictures of people in their underwear are in fact sleazy. Sure. I just, I just think that the choice to make him gay is what is what's going to hold it to a different standard. Mm. Um, and it's a, it's a minor nitpick, and I'm sure there's there's a way to argue that I'm reading into it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a conversation worth bringing up, at least. Because he is the only gay character in this movie. I'm not fully convinced he was gay. Uh, if, well, um, I don't know how to convince you, so I will not try for now. 
like, I'll watch it again and I'll think about it as him being gay. I bet you there's a scenario where there's an interview of him talking about it. Or even Guy Ritchie being like, yes, absolutely. He's so clearly gay to me. I hadn't even thought that I might have to try to hmm. uh, defend it. Really? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. But, you know, again, a pretty minor thing in a movie that, that is filled with sort of edgy takes on things a lot of the time. There's there's some racier things that get said, but it's all sort of in the context of this um you know, a uh, fictional Guy Ritchie world. Um, so I think most of it works. Well, rate this sucker. I will give it. It's so funny that you said it's been sticking with you the past couple of days because today it's just not a movie that's left a huge impact on me outside of the style, which I think is very cool. Um, so it's like a solid seven for me. Okay. Yeah, like I, the performances were great. It was funny at points, um, but not not a groundbreaking movie for me. Why not? I don't know. All the stuff we've been talking about for 30 minutes. Yeah, just... Yeah. Yeah, right. it's a good movie. It didn't affect you morally. Yeah, yeah. or just affect me long lasting, hmm. I don't think. I think just a movie that entertains you and is really good at what it is mm-hmm. can be close to perfect without changing totally. your life. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, but we rate movies for ourselves. Yeah. So for I'm me, just it's curious a seven. why it wasn't higher, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we can spoil it later. But I think for now we go to break. Let's break it up. Cool. We're gonna come back with another beer. Oh yeah. I'm excited. This is what I picked out, finally. I forgot. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. And we're back to talk about some beer. Uh, I bragged earlier that this is a beer that I picked out, which is true, and I only pointed out because it seems to happen less and less these days. Is it true? I didn't mean to do that, but I should have. And you say that with the conviction of somebody who has had these beers before, from this this brewery at least. Yeah. True Brewing out of Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Your eyes might be like, what do you mean true? It says T-R-V-U. That's actually a, a V-E, V-U. Um, no, it's, a, I believe, a Latin expression of the letter U, which looks like a V. So True Brewing out of Denver. Uh, is this a beer you have had before? I've never had this beer. Tell me if I'm right. I told you, hey, I texted you. I got a beer for the show. I saw the label. I couldn't not get it for you because I thought you'd love it. Oh, I love it. You do. Oh, it's great. What is it? Uh, it is a skull with look, looks to be some sort of antler or something with uh, like finger bone fragments underneath with blood dripping everywhere. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. The can itself, it's bright and shiny. No, it is flat black. It I mean, is, um, there's no gloss to it at all. It is flatter than a f- brand new two by four. It's a, it's a, it's a good looking can. Yeah. It's metal as fuck. It is, right? Yeah. I thought I, would, so. I don't know metal, but. I saw it and I was like, Johnny would probably think this is, as you say, metal as fuck. You know, uh, fuck. people people know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> sounds like fuck. Yeah. Uh, people that know me uh, were with me in Denver that knew the area better than I did, yeah. and they're like, "Hey, guess what? You're gonna love this brewery." Is it all sort of like this? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. It's a cool spot. All right. You've been there. Sh- would so, I like it? No. Yeah. Maybe. How- I mean, it's nice. It's got a nice aesthetic. You should pull up their tap room. Yeah, I will. I guess I'll decide more after we try the beer. Yeah, and this is also not a style that they're known for. They do mainly like hoppy stuff with some stouts. Which is to say, uh, what is the style of the beer? And then if you could tell me the name of it, that would also be pretty darn great. It's called Mod Good. It's a creek fermented ale brewed with juniper. Juniper is such a weird choice. Yeah. Um, juniper. I hardly know her. Okay, I actually read I read Jupiter when I bought it. I was like, "What the? What is Jupiter?" I thought it was a hop, uh, and then I read it was actually a uh, juniper. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, True Brewing Company. Uh, oh, all right, yeah. Their their website is basically their background colors the same as the can, uh, which mm-hmm. almost makes you think a lot of their cans will be like this. Yep. Um, but here's their tap list, which doesn't give me much by way of vibe. Uh, but I'm gonna look at their glass. I'm gonna look at their accessories. Uh, okay, 
There's a little pentagram koozie. Where do you see a koozie? Oh, is that a koozie? Yeah. Oh, look at that. I'm going to get you that. That's pretty cool. You want that? No. Oh. I'd rather have other stuff. From them or in general? Yeah. What do you want instead? There's only two things here. Glassware. So I don't, oh, use, sure. I don't use koozies. Drink out. Yeah, I, don't, I don't either. I don't. They're, it's a bit of a pain. It's so like the not, time spent putting it on. So, you know, that's huh. that's majestic. So you like, so this is, okay. Koozies are like condoms, am I right? I was going to say I would spend too much time putting it on and not enough time actually drinking from it, <laughs> which is an analogy <laughs> of sorts. If you want this glass, daddy will get it for you. Dad, dad, not me. You just got to call me daddy and say, daddy, I want it. Daddy, I want it. Okay. Now you're not gay. You're just making a joke. Exactly. All right. Um, how is the beer? You're trying it for the first time. It's this lovely, like, amber, uh, dark side of amber, but amber sort of looking ale with a nice little bit of head left over. Well, it's incredibly uh, normal. It is a, it's like a beer flavored beer. It's like a nice amber ale. It does not strike me with the overtones of a creek, which is traditionally tart and filled with cherry notes. Right. Uh, This does not carry much of that weight. Not even close. This is uh, more like an amber ale. Do we have any information on this beer itself from their website? Uh, I can double back and check. I wanted to look up Juniper really quick because I'm, it was such an interesting choice at least with my uh, notion of what a creek was, because I mentioned cherry, and you're like, yeah, it's got to have cherry. Um, and this doesn't taste like cherry. No. Um, nor does it necessarily, I'm gathering, taste like tart sharpness with a resiny piney flavor with a hint of citrus. Do you get any of that? No. Yeah, juniper is, it's a, what's the word for like flowers that are put in gin? Floral. No. Um, botanical. Botanical. Uh, yep. It's a very botanical thing. Like you do see juniper a lot with fresher sort of, cocktails or uh gin oftentimes does this taste anything like any of that no such a strange thing i'm wondering now how old this is um but that still would not affect like no. the, the, i mean it would affect some things but not. it's not on this can but i did check and it was on the four pack and there was a date stamp sticker that said november okay so three months or two and a half months it was i think november 16th or something november december january three months february yeah which like should be drinkable. Yeah, you know? no, and it's drinkable, but it's, it's drinkable. It's not. Can we pull up their website and see if we can find any info on this beer? Because yeah, it's not a creek. Like I would almost say that they put the wrong beer in this label. Like this yeah, it is feels like, that way, right? This is like an amber ale. This is not really like a creek. Um. So the problem with their website is that they don't have sort of. They have a tap list, but that there's nothing about the beers. Okay. So maybe I'll look it up. Wait, I'll, go back me- down. Uh, and there's the mod good right there. Can you mod click good. on anything there? No, it's not. None it's of that's clickable. clickable. Um, it says that it's single can availability, five percent. Yeah, Creek fermented ale. Creek right. fermented ale. That doesn't change anything, does it? It's just like a creek. Kvik. Yeah, Kvik. They really. I don't get. They, why do they using? What's with these V's all the time? I don't know. And then above it, they have a beer called <laughs> Burglamir, uh, which is almost as fun to say as uh, War Turtle. Burglamir. Uh, they call it a dark winter Creek fermented ale. With juniper, I'm starting what? to feel like they're using the word creek pretty liberally, not in a way that we think it means. Well, let's see if uh, spell it on the can, please. K V E I K E I K K V. Sorry, E I K. I thought creek was I E. Okay, oh, interesting. Uh, okay, let's do some learning. Let's do some live learning. Everybody. Oh my god, so it's it's <laughs> queek, queek. What it's pronounced queek. That's right. It's the hottest new. This is my favorite pronunciation cent- episode we've ever done. Centuries old beer yeast. It's not a creek. It's a queek. Okay. <laughs> it's a queeka. I think it's queeka. 
Queek. Oh, Quake. I don't trust that type of thing that Quake? pops up. I, I, let's find out. So it's so, it's a yeast strain. Yeah, it's not a creek with cherries and sourness. Yeah. All right. So this is why <laughs> learning is important. Y'all probably listen to other podcasts, and you know what's great about ours? You wouldn't hear this in another one because they'd be like, "Look, we didn't know. We're not going to seem dumb. We're going to cut it out." So we didn't. Transparency. I told you on the break. No, we're not going to edit that out okay, uh, about the Francis Ford Coppola yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't care if we I listen- cut out one thing this week, and it was to avoid a spoiler. Yeah. But I didn't cut out me sounding stupid because I said, yeah. rough quote, <laughs> I don't care if our listeners think I'm stupid. Everyone that knows me already does. Yeah. So nice, I think you set it up better because you made me think you were going to say everybody that knows me knows that I'm not. But you said already knows. Already knows. I thought it was yeah. a nice touch. It's fine. So what's up with this Kavik? Well, ancient Norwegian yeast cultures known as Kavik have been used to produce farmhouse beer in Nordic land. For generations and are now being cultivated and produced in America in liquid yeast form. These isolated strains are taking the brewing world by storm. You went to back you went back to saying V, but I think we're sticking with Queek. either Queek or Queeke. Queek. And I don't mean to brag, but I was just in Norway. And oftentimes when there's an E at the end of the word, it's like an S sound. Well, that doesn't that's knowledge. That's not bragging. Fair enough. So it's it's I think it's I think it's Queeke. Queeke. Queeke, maybe? Yeah. Queeke. Um Queeke. It basically it translates in Nordic oh, to yeast. That sounds like I'm a Viking. What is it? Quicke. Quicke. Yeah. You gotta like really sort of sell it. Um, okay, so this changes everything. That's so, how Charlie Hunnam would say it when he was starring. I Vikings. forgot his real name. What's the other guy's name? Ragnar? Lothbrook. What's no, the actor's I, name? Do you I know? I don't know. All right. Some guy. Charlie looked, Hunnam. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So So we There's have, a whole lot of info about this yeast. The point is that it's a yeast. Not the beer we thought. Yeah. Bit misleading. I may not have bought this had I known that because I'm. It's not something that I like. You know, you hear about beers and you're like, oh, what kind of hops? What are the malts? Nobody's like, what kind of yeast do they use? And just after tasting it, I I don't think that yeast should maybe be the biggest point of discussion, though they do brand the beer around it, so that's tough. So it's an ale with juniper, and some very traditional Nordic type yeast. I think it's quite tasty. All right. Yeah, you're probably right. I think right. it's it's full bodied. It's got a nice um, breadiness to it. I actually like the 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 malty yeastiness of it. Um, I don't get much of the juniper nope. as far as like getting any botanicals or anything like that. It is a solid beer. I'll give you that. It's quite tasty. Sure, but I'm not going to remember this at well, all. I'm, I mean, our expectations were for a, a cherry sour. I've, I've swapped that. Now. I think I'm on board, but I I don't think that flavor wise this has much uniqueness to offer. You know, I was right though. When in I, which way? This was not a, a cherry sour. When I said that, you, I feel like they mislabeled this. You beer. are astute. No, it is not. Yay! The Cicerone uh, certification the, paid off. Should be like the yeah the like final test. Like, is this a cherry sour? No. Is this a trick? Like, maybe am I not tasting the right? Yeah. Things? Is my face broken? Yeah. No. Uh, it's a fine beer. It's yeah. not astounding. No, I think this four pack of pint cans was um. About 14, 15 bucks. That's about right. Yeah. Especially so. for them and the the level of rarity they are. And like, are they? The, yeah. The oh. fact that you even found it somewhere is pretty cool. Shout out to Craft in Reno. Word up. I haven't been there in a while. I'm glad you went. And I went back. It's been probably like six or eight months. Not quite. But the owner who sees me even less, he's not there all the time, walk in the door. Don't tell me he knows your name. He goes, Max, what's up? Congrats on the wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I said, Do you know the people that are all the best? Did you guys talk about this? 
but no, it was great. And so, yeah, he had a bunch of stuff and nice. I ended up getting like a six pack of revision beer that was pretty good that we drank uh, during our shows. Cool. So that was fun. Hell yeah. Um, you want to talk more about this? I feel like we've uh, no. succinctly and effectively uh, discussed our idiocy about It's been a fun journey. Stuff. Yeah. We figured out what we were drinking while we were drinking it. So that's probably a first on the show. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's like a little mystery bag of beer. Yeah. Like, what is it? I don't know. You figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And we it. did. We yeah. solved it. And it's it's simply fine. It's uh, it's a drinkable amber-adjacent beer. Yeah. It's very, like, if yeah. you like an amber lager or, like, a, an amber beer. I mean, they're not my favorite go-to style. Some people really like them and seek them out. Do but they? Yeah. They're, they're, those people are out there, bro. I guess. Yeah, like your Newcastle Hey, people. there's a fetish for everyone, man. Sure. I don't know. You like Newcastle? It's, like, a pretty accessible amber-style no. ale. I think it's fine. Yeah. I used to, sure. but Newcastle's full of artificial ingredients and flavors. That's and a good point. caramel, and it's yeah. not good for you. So, like, <laughs> sure, <laughs> like other beer. <laughs> as far as I mean, like, Modern Times beer is vegan, bro. Like, so obviously it's good for you. When I yeah. read that, I'm like, so I'm yeah, I'm eating a fucking salad right now when I drink this beer. Sure, it's vegan. I'm I'm taking away points for bragging about juniper. If they would have just been like, even if I had figured out what Quico was. If they had just been like, here's a here's an ale, and this is the yeast we used, I'd be like, all right, cool. But it's like with juniper, I need more juniper. I just need it, you know. I'm gonna hold you accountable to that. Yep. So let's uh, let's rate this, shall we? Yeah, it's uh, one, two, three, six. Oh, you didn't say anything. No, I thought you were rating it. <laughs> Sorry, one, two, three, four. No, mine's a six. That actually feels a little high. Yeah, it's high. Yeah, I think it's probably more like a five. Yeah. Yeah, it's a five for me. Yeah, it's it's like a five. Two. It might be a four for me. Wow. Hang on, I just need to think. It just keeps going down. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm doing the opposite now. It's going down, down, baby. Your street in a max. Well, this rating's going boom, <laughs> boom. So let's let it go. I think it's a four. Okay. Are yeah. You sure? No. Do you ever? Do you have a number? <laughs> I'm just waiting to see how this car crash ends. Um. Yeah, I mean it's good, but it's yeah, it's nothing amazing. I'm misled by what it says it's going to be. Um, this beer lied to my friend. For yeah, that, I give it sure. a 4.2. 4.2. Yeah, all right. It's a four for me. Just fine. Don't lie to my friend. Yeah. I'll stab you in your Viking heart. Uh, did these guys get back to us? Did we reach out? No. Yes. Not. Did they? Uh, no. Okay, cool. That makes me feel better. I don't yeah. want to have to be like, guys, sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. Terrible creek you guys made. Well, that's, did you say Modgood? Modgod. Sure. Mood God. Mood God, sure. I don't know. By True Brewing. Yeah. Or who knows how to pronounce it. Maybe it's not. The Yeah. Let's move along, dude. Well, I just feel like all the wind's out of our sails now after that. Well, let's ramp it back up. We got Hot and Bothered coming up. I got nothing. You got nothing? Oh, God. I don't know. It's been like a oh. week and a half. You got something. Oh! Here it is. I had to shush people in the movie. I hate... I feel like... These stories stress me out is how I feel. Because you always do it so aggressively. I feel like you skip steps one and two in my step-by-step -step guide. But please, what happened? I don't subscribe to your step guide. That's true. I have my own step guide. Which is just like immediately, shut the fuck up. Whoa. What kind of an animal do you think I am? Right, right, you don't they were old. They don't know how to whisper. I don't know if their hearing aid batteries were fucked off or what. But it was unacceptable, the volume at which they were speaking during a film, which you need to pay very close attention to the very hard-to-understand dialogue to know what the fuck is happening. Were they uh, in front of you or behind you? They were immediately to the left. We were on the rail, up front, feet up. Oh. And they were two seats over. There was like three or four of them. Mm -hmm. Would not just stop yammering 
the at, whole time. A, at a reasonable talking volume. Mm-hmm. It would mm-hmm. it would die off, and then they'd make a comment, laugh, whatever. And then there was a point where there was like solid dialogue. Yeah. In the movie or on their part? Both. Yeah, okay. The, a solid dialogue from front and from left. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was doing good tuning it out. Um, and Shalena was like, Oh, I forgot. Yeah. These people are really distracting me right now. And I was like, All right. Shh. Did it work? Oh, yeah. They shut the fuck up for the rest of the movie. Man, I don't know about that. Give them a firm shh. How old were they? Mid sixties. I think I told you about the time. That's not that old. No, about the time an old person fell asleep in the movie theater, like a couple oh, and, rows in front of me. Yeah, and you, you started just, snoring. Yeah, that's just cute. Uh, you know, it's annoying. Yeah, and I'm there to watch a movie, and you're making noise, and you're not aware that you're making noise, which is probably what they were doing. Yeah, because they can't hear. So I went. I was like, "Excuse me, you fell asleep." Yeah, I think old people have gone through more shit than we have, so I give them more leniency than a bunch of like eighteen year olds yammering away. I don't. Yeah. They've been to enough movies. They should know to act better. They've I, had more time to I'm be in more theaters. I'm just not convinced they know how loud they're being. Well, you know, they got a shush. I wrote, I could have gone to your assumption and say, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I don't actually think you said that. I wrote after my screening, I said, I love sitting near old people during movies so that just in case I don't have my own opinion about a preview, I can use that. Oh, my God. Just they're every, so good at that. Every time, which is sweet. Like, I think that's I think that you can talk after a preview and that's OK. Yeah. Pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I even think to some extent you can talk during a preview a little bit. Oh, yeah. But I think, yeah, like once the first sort of couple of like production credits start going on the movie, like the Miramax or the mm-hmm. whatever her name is with the statue, mm-hmm. that's like, let's start, you know, maybe quiet start time. quieting it down. That's yep. kind of everybody's. I really hate that I don't see more people pull out their cell phone to turn it off when in like a cinema. It's like, do, 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 please silence your cell phones now. Mm-hmm. People are just like, maybe they've done it. Maybe I'm being negative, but. I feel like a lot of people forget. A lot of people do forget. How does it happen when a phone rings more than once? Dude. I don't mean I don't mean multiple calls. I mean like bring big pause, another one, and sometimes even a third or fourth is like you, there's a silence function. Well, there's also like an an age gap where we don't uh-huh. like I watch movies with my phone like on my leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people have them buried in a pocket, that's which true. is maybe under a like a rolled up coat yeah. or a purse that's in the chair underneath. So there's there's a lot of factors that can lead to that idiocy. Yeah, that's fair. I hate also when people like, when did this just happen? I think I talked to you about it, but like somebody was in full theater. Um, I can't remember what movie, but I was almost all the way in the back because I knew I was going to be on my phone a little bit, mm-hmm. like take notes or whatever it was. And somebody down in the front or the, the farthest back row of the front section, mm-hmm. like full brightness on their phone, sort of like a foot and a half away from their face, like basically illuminating the whole theater mm-hmm. all through the previews. And I just wish there would be somebody in the theater. I would pay more for a ticket if there would be a one attendant to like kind of sit in the theater and watch the movie slash tell people to get off their phones. Mm-hmm. Just don't, don't sit in the very front and have your brightness all the way up and like be on it. It yeah. just seems, seems like common sense to me. Did that continue during the movie? It went for about 20 minutes. That's too long. It didn't go 20 minutes. It probably went like 10. Into the movie. And it was like up, and then she'd put it down. Uh, I say she because I could see her silhouette because mm. <laughs> of her damn phone. I would have yelled something. I wouldn't. I thought about getting up and going to say something. No, nah, did you just I'm not up. trying to disrupt everybody else. Well, everyone else feels the same no, as No, they you. don't. They some people did. don't care as much. Some people don't notice for some weird reason. Yeah, I'm not trying to make more of a distraction, but I would go and be like, hey- your phone's on, like clearly, clearly on. Mm-hmm. All that to say, like, 
I if I have to be on my phone, like I'll I'll kind of cover it with yeah. one hand, like I'll keep it bright and slow and like or do what I gotta do. Or sit in the back. Or row. sit in the back, and I think yeah, you get a little more leniency. A story about somebody that was like full on at Sundance or something, um, like taking notes on a computer. Oh my! Just like full on, like kind of slouched so mm-hmm. they could have it down, but like it's a computer screen. Yeah, you can't do that. No, that's just so rude. So yeah, I had to shush people. Yeah. Did and they shushed. Oh yeah. Did you guys like? You ever bump into people afterwards? Like, did you see them on the way out or anything? No. Hmm. You're right. Say something. Yeah. See, now's the time when it's okay to talk. Is sure. what I would retort with. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fine. I'm not scared of confrontation. No. No, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't prefer confrontation. I don't prefer it, but I don't shy away from it when it is ruining something that I paid good money for. Sure. Or like that I'm or a discount just, Tuesday. Exactly. Just in general, like in life. Like I'll, yeah. s- I'll send food back. Like it's it's a thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've sent drinks back for God's sakes. Yeah. I just drink it. I just no. talked to Kyle about this that we were in Reno together and I just eat it. I just eat it. I eat food like I'm it's gonna go away soon. Like it's gonna be extinct. Mm. It's like let me eat my food. It'll give me nutrients. And if I'm drinking, I'll just be like, I'll just drink this one to, and then I'll get another one. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Life's too short. I don't care enough. Yeah. I understand. And I totally validate your right to, I just think it doesn't matter for me. And that's where I'm at. But do you wish you could? Not really. Sometimes there's been a few occasions where I'm like, I, I should have said something, but most of the time my mindset is like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like there are kids starving in the world. People are sold into the sex trade. My stupid drink messed up. Doesn't matter to me. Well, yeah, but I mean, your problems are still your problems. They are. And I just think perspective sometimes makes me just go, I don't know, you know, whatever. I'll get another. Yeah, but also like how does not saying anything improve the world? Uh, It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. It doesn't. So like it makes zero difference. But like if you send something back, maybe somebody will learn that they did something wrong. That's, and you can correct that's, a behavior and improve. That is the argument. Other yep. people's experiences, mm-hmm. thereby right. improving the world. Mm-hmm. So maybe I am a saint. Do you think? Did you not know? Do you think that you shushing those people um, will lead them to not speak in other movies? I hope so. I don't think so. Probably not. I think they think they met an asshole at the movies that shushed them really loudly. Probably. And I almost wonder if the argument is to how is like how can we affect future positive changes. I think explaining to these people who, in my opinion, were probably oblivious that they are in fact being very loud and we'd appreciate it not being that way. I agree. Would help in the future. But mid movie in a crowded theater is not the time to have a conversation. So I had an abbreviated conversation. Sure. Yeah. One syllable. Yeah. One long syllable. Yeah. And if they wanted to talk more after they could have, but like if you don't be quiet in that situation, like you'd, you think you realize that like you're affecting other people around you. Mm-hmm. And I think the narcissism of our society sometimes lends a blind eye to people forgetting that there's other people sure. that exist. That's fair. I just think it, old people get more of a, more they of a weren't thing. that old. Like you're you right. Said, yeah. They were at 60 not that old. That's no, true. They were not that old. But like 80 year olds that sure. are trying to whisper, but they just lost the ability. And there were some of those behind us and yeah. like to our yeah. right. Like there's do. a, there's a distinct difference. Yeah. I also think those are the people that would be receptive. If you were like, I can actually super hear you. Oh yeah. Also well, like I've told you, I mean, you've been with me where I've just joined in conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Because we I've can joined all... in, I did that once. Yeah. It's, that was crazy. It's fun. It was an accident. Yeah. Like somebody asked a question to her friend and I responded. I didn't mean to, 
it just happened. And I was like, oh, damn it. Yeah. But then they were like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We can all hear you. Yeah. In my ideal scenario, that would happen or I would shush somebody or something. And then as we left the theater, I'd be like, hey, I wasn't trying to be rude, but like, that was my situation. I just want to level with you. Like that was loud. And I, you know, paid money just like you did. Mm -hmm. Like we're all trying to enjoy the movie and life is short and we're all trying to do the best we can. So the. We talked and good work. I'll see it at another movie sometime. Mm-hmm. I told you about the time I did that at a comedy show where yeah. actually, I actually turned around and had a mini conversation. I was yeah. like, look, dude, I yeah. paid money to hear him talk, not you. Yeah. And you're ruining everyone's experience. And Can you please be quiet? Were like, All right. Oh, they were hammered. Oh, yeah. They did not have, they didn't like that, right? No, but they, they shut up. Yeah. But like, yeah, they, they were grumpy about it. Yeah. Uh, and this other time that happened, I did that because these, girls were talking in front of us Mm -hmm. and they proceeded to whisper shit about me the whole time. (laughs) But I'm like, but it's in a lower volume. So I still won. Yeah, I guess so. Huh? Yeah, I take that. But it was that to me was funny. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, do it quietly. Like you don't have to, I guess, like me. I don't care. The whole point here is the volume. Yeah, I don't. I wish that people didn't dislike me. That's that's a big part of my thing. I just want I want you to know that I'm well intentioned. Mm. Therefore, you shouldn't be mad at me. Mm. I feel like that's a much bigger motivator in any action you take than 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 me. And that's not a flaw. That's just a difference in approach Uh and like uh, where we place importance. You know, and like just. Even like career wise, you're like you stand on a stage and play music and hope people I like have you. To be liked. You have to be <laughs> to liked. be successful. Yeah, in a sense. to pay your rent. Yeah. So yeah. it's just it's all about perspective, man. Fair. I don't have to be as nice. No. I have a a friend. It's that, amazing that you are nice. I don't even know what I would be like if I didn't have to be. Thanks, man. Maybe I wouldn't be nice. That's the nicest thing you've ever said. Yeah, to you're, me. you're. It's amazing. <laughs> your that circumstances you're, make it amazing that you're so nice. It's amazing that you're nice at all, That's, like it's ever. True. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah, you Thanks. got it, man. Let's just end on that. Sure. You should not even... I don't know how much we have to spoil about this movie anyways, but should we Should we make the transition? Yeah, let's get back. I want to say a few things, uh, just character-wise, and uh, about the way it was filmed. There was a minor spoiler that we almost spoiled earlier. Yes. Uh, that we didn't. So again, going forward now, spoiler alerts. Yes. You've been warned. I have to drop in the soundbite anyways. So uh, we've zone. all just been whispering to each other in the theater nonstop, and now we're coming out of it like we've all seen The Gentleman. You've been warned for spoilers. Go see it if you haven't, and then come back and revisit the podcast. Please don't leave us alone. Or just listen to them if you don't care. Yeah, and we're jumping into the Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Okay, we're here. You have a couple things you want to spoil. Yes, I did. So this whole movie starts out with Matthew McConaughey getting shot in the back of the head. Did that feel cheap to you when you realized that wasn't true? No, me neither. I thought maybe it would, for a second, I was like, I like kind of smiled the corner. I'm like, all right, okay. There's clear, there's going to be some twists. Yeah. Well, I think it makes you want to watch the movie up until you find out that's not true with the assumption that Matthew McConaughey dies at some point in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was interesting the way it kind of just fucked with your brain a little. Like, yeah. This guy's dead. How did we get there? Right. Totally. Which so, is also like a very, um, kind of pulp fictiony sort of totally or, or starting from it's from a the very back. tarantino like yeah non-linear let's do it yeah start from the back one this whole movie's non-linear it's all flashbacks totally. and yep. we have flashbacks of alternate versions of things at some point see what i mean like yeah there's some fun like little like uh liberties that they take with some of the flashbacks you still haven't seen little women right no <sighs> okay um well 
the, okay, so Hugh Grant's character, again, doing all the narrating, at some point I was like, what if he's just like, what if none of this happened in real life and this is just him pitching a movie <laughs> to us and that's in a movie? It could still be. Because there are moments of like meta fourth wall kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Where like a narrator or like Matthew McConaughey will be speaking narratively and then it'll will be zooming in on his character and then he'll finish the line on screen, mm-hmm. which is an interesting spin. Um, yeah. But- I didn't mean to cut you off. So I thought that was interesting the way that they did that with you're just you're presuming he got shot and then you find out he didn't and then he goes on. Um, I loved Matthew McConaughey's kind of character arc in this movie um, in just like the flashes of pure aggression that you see come mm-hmm. out in yeah. spots and just the level of total gangster badass that he is at certain points in this movie. You're just like he's the fucking coolest. There was there was the line in the beginning in, when he's in that bar, um, and he says to his uh, he calls his wife on the phone, and he uh, invites her to dinner, kind of. But what he says is it's date night. He goes, yeah. He says uh, it's date night, place, time, like be there. Basically, I remember thinking I feel like Johnny thinks that's pretty cool. Like that's a cool line. I was like maybe he's a cool guy. And that's what he is. Like his character's like he's so just suave, just right. slick. Dude. And for me, it comes off as bossy. I'm like mm. he's he's a boss. He's like one of those guys. Uh, so I thought Charlie Hunnam was the much more cool character. I think cool factor is big in this. Like McConaughey, it, even I mean Charlie Hunnam and also Colin Farrell. Like they're all cool guys with very different sort of archetypes. Like Charlie Hunnam is sort of the the silent but deadly kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey is like the big um, like peacock and sort of like. What's up? Like I'm the king of the jungle, kind yeah. of. Yeah, he he portrays it, and he even enunciates right. that. You know, right? And yeah. then Colin Farrell's like, I'm not quiet. Uh, I'm also not the coolest, but like I get shit done and respect me because like my word means. Stuff, yeah, he was almost cool. like nerdy, but also yeah. like a badass. Yeah, yeah. He's the mo- he's the one that I related to the most. I'm like, I I like you. I loved his character yeah. so much. He like beats the shit out of those kids, and he's like, Come see me at my gym. Like yeah. we can we'll work we'll on see it. We'll see on we'll see on Monday. Yeah, like I'm I want to help you guys. Come on. Yeah, you're also bad at what you're doing. Yeah, he's so good because yeah. he's so collected. Yeah, you know, like, and you want to be that guy. Like if you ever got in a fight. You want totally. to be that guy that's like, hey, come on, try harder. Yeah, like, like you want to be, I think, slow to be provoked, but then once it, like once once you're forced to, once you're backed into a corner, get out of the corner super easy. Yeah, and he had like total control of the situation. Yeah. And you're like, I would like to think, every man would like to think that they would emulate that in a fight. You think so? You think everybody what? would hope that? I, I, I What's do. the alternative? Be the most aggressive, like macho dude, like don't fuck with me kind of guy. Well, in- you control the situation like yeah that can be any version of any you know definition of machismo i mean there's guys out there that are like looking for fights sure always like like that's not colin farrell's well, what i meant was like if you're put in the situation that he is yes. where you're just trying to grab some food and people start prodding sure. you like yeah you would want to be able to control the situation mm-hmm. and like be the most badass guy in the room sure. and also wear a dope sweatsuit while you're doing it yeah and then make funny remarks like yeah it was amazing. He handled it. Yeah, it was good. His first five minutes on screen were like so highly memorable. Mm-hmm. It was great. I hope that they make a sequel to this, honestly. They fucking basically said, right? Right. Um, and I thought for a chant or for a second, like maybe they were gonna do it just to be like a middle finger to like the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, like the that's I don't know how to feel about some of the more um yeah, like world addressing stuff when they are talking to the audience. Like mm-hmm. Hugh Grant at one point is like you need a sequel is what you need. And I was like, ah, either that's a commentary on like the sequel world that we live in, or there's probably going to be a sequel. Right. And does that undercut the irony? 
Probably, but who cares? It's funny. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I loved McConaughey for so many reasons, but yeah. also just his pure raw gangsterness. Mm. There's one scene towards the end of the movie where he is calm and presenting this whole scenario, and it's at this point he's kind of so it's outside the freezer. Yeah, yeah. He's got the whole thing under wraps, like everything's shaken down. Sure, he's got the upper hand, and he's making this guy pay up basically. And then he like kind of loses his shit a little bit when he's talking about somebody touching his wife. Yeah. I was like, that was just so cool the way they threw that in there. Were you under the impression that actually Michael, the guy he put in the freezer, um, did kind of sick uh, dry eye on them? Because I feel like maybe that was a miscommunication. Well, he put all of that into motion. Sure. Like he did sick dry eye on them to devalue the business. Yeah. But then like dry eye was reporting to, uh, was it St. George, Mr. George something? Yeah. King George. Who, King George, who, like, did not tell him to do that. He did it behind his back. Yeah. And, like, gave Henry Golding's dry eye, like, a kind of a wild, um, what's the word? Like, a loose cannon sort of character. Mm-hmm. And I thought, to some extent, like, maybe his, like, a potential rape of McConaughey's wife was kind of off the cuff. Like, yeah, was not ordered exactly. by the other guy. No, it wasn't. But the fact that that dude was under the employ of Matthew. Kind of. Well, he, yeah. But he was under the employ of, of Matthew because of George. So then, like you, like I feel like it was Matthew King George or whatever, and then Dry Eye. Exactly, but Matthew's at the top, right? But and like, if it wasn't for him setting that into motion, I just think keeping Matthew accountable for this guy's craziness isn't totally correct. Well, he set it all into motion because he's yeah, but not the rape itself. No, but it it's a it's a consequence to his action. I guess it's a direct consequence of his action by hiring someone that was unpredictable to cause chaos and devalue his business. So I guess, it, yeah. it's a direct line that leads right back to I just him. think the consequence... Who else would be responsible for it? Because Matthew's already dead, or Dry is already that's, dead. That's your revenge. I think that's the end of it. I think, I think beyond that, because I think there's a difference between um, disrupting business and having somebody rape somebody's wife. Yeah, okay. But... Like, he got his revenge by killing him. I, I don't think you should hold Matthew accountable for that. So I think when you're saying that was a cool moment, I think it was a sign of weakness from like a sign of instability. And he'd be like, you had somebody touch my wife. First, you didn't. No, but it was his responsibility that he was trying to buy the business and also double cross him in a way by Mm -hmm. devaluing it. Yeah. And by devaluing it, he introduced this chaos factor Mm -hmm. in the first place. Sure. So indirectly, it is his fault that that happened to his wife. I'll give you indirectly. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, he pushed the domino that led to all of it happening. Yeah. Whether it was intentional or not, mm-hmm. he started it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got that angle and I was like, right. that's fucking cool. Mm. Oh, I loved it. All right. All right. All right. All, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> also, one thing I have to say, because I heard it once and it'll never leave my brain. Matthew McConaughey is always rolling a boogie. What's a boogie? A joint? A booger. Oh. Like he picked his nose and he's always, if you look at any of his rolls, like in his hand, he's always like, is he? Yeah. Huh. He's always rolling a boogie. I didn't feel like Matthew McConaughey was very different from Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> like that that was the one thing. I don't think he had to work too hard. Like it, and I don't know him, obviously, but like his his projected persona feels very much like he is in this movie. Whereas like somebody like Hugh Grant or even Colin Farrell don't see, they seem like uh more specific characters rather mm-hmm. than sort of projections of their own yeah like extreme personas yeah because like this could have been matthew mcconaughey in one of his buick commercials yeah or yeah he lincoln, wears the same lincoln suits commercials aren't they is it lincoln i thought so you may have just think that movie the lincoln or, lawyer I, I don't know it, <laughs> or abraham didn't he play lincoln who no that was daniel <laughs> lewis somebody played lincoln yeah yeah close yeah 
Um, He's good, though. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. I don't have anything else to spoil. Is there anything you'd like to add to this movie before we get out of here? Um, No, I think we're about good, man. Yeah, um, yeah I think, like, my one sort of, because I told you I was kind of not fully invested, not even a little invested the first 20 minutes. I was kind of like, okay, I know what I'm in for. I'm not excited. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, I'm on board. But the final sort of, once you realize Matthew McConaughey did not get shot, sort of all of the ends that tried to get tied up. So we figure out about the Russians. Then we find out about Matthew. And then we find out about the double, double, double crossing of Fletcher. And he tries to sell his story. Like all that happened so quickly that I think it didn't quite have enough time to breathe for me. Like it didn't have a chance to resonate. Mm. Like McConaughey gets saved by the street thugs that shoot up the Russians. Then, um, he's all of a sudden like in a taxi picking up Fletch that stuff. I'm even having a hard time recalling the order of events. Yeah. And I think then and only then in this movie is the excess of um, both thematic and plot material overwhelming. Yeah, that makes sense. But it's also like, that's the point. Like, it's crazy and and so many different layers. And mm-hmm. I just think that some of those layers didn't quite harden before we bit into them, you know? Yeah, sometimes you need a soft layer. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, that's the gentleman. Go yep. see it if you can. We're not going to talk about it anymore because we got stuff to do. That's right. And I think we've exhausted our thoughts on it. Pretty much. Find us on the internet and all the places we listed at the top. Um, let us know what you thought of any of the stuff we covered today. We really, really, really like hearing feedback. Um, as usual, this episode wouldn't be what it is without Bailey Minardi. Um, Johnny, last things. That's it, man. We'll see you next week. See you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.